Hello, welcome everyone. Uh, we have been on a bit of a winter break and we are back today with an all new Process Mining Cafe and the topic is auditing. Um, today's Process Mining Cafe is a companion to a series that we are running currently on the blog um, and the series is about process mining in audit. And for the cafe session today, uh, we have invited the authors of the article, uh, Jasmin Handler and Andreas Presselmeier. Hello, Jasmin. Hello, Andreas. Hello. Thank you very much for, for joining the session. You are both um, auditors at the City of Vienna Court of Audit. And in the article, you describe a project that I think was performed in 2019. Uh, is, that, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yes. yes at the Wiener Stadtwerke. And the nice thing about the article is that you describe very much in detail uh, how you have applied process mining in this audit project with um, screenshots and concrete examples. So people can really see um, yeah, specifically how process mining performed in, in this concrete project. And um, those of you who are signed up for our camp mailing list have already received a preview of the full article. So you can read the whole article already. If you're just tuning in now, you can go to the blog and uh, and follow it along. Um, now, your whole um, your efforts to share the experience with others is, is very much appreciated in the community. And I wanted to start by uh, sharing some feedback that we've received from the community. Uh, for example, uh, Jolt Wager, auditor and language expert at the European Commission, uh, has said on LinkedIn, big thanks to Yasmin and Andreas for sharing their experience. I strongly believe that process mining has a very important role to play in the future of public auditing. So he very much appreciates that, yeah, that you take the time to not just do it for yourself, but, but share it with others and also believes very much in the possibilities that auditing has. And in fact, it's one of the great use cases that we see for, for process mining. So I'm very excited to, yeah, talk about it in this in depth and to have this series going. And uh, also Tom, for example, said, Uh, what a great and interesting topic. And he was asking whether there would be a recording because he can't attend as he is in a client meeting. And yeah, we, as with all the Prosmanic Cafe sessions, also this session will be recorded and it will be available in two or three weeks uh, on our YouTube channel. But also you can find it on the blog and you can sign up on the cafe mailing list to be notified. Uh, once the recording is available. But what you cannot do on the recording is uh, talk with us while we are on the air. So that's the possibility that we have in these live, live sessions. Uh, so we can really uh, have this discussion in the community. And uh, we yeah, really would like to hear from you. So if you are watching this right now, you can join very easily by um, yeah, directly on this website where you're watching this video right now, just below. Um, there's a possibility to join the chat. You can just type your name and press enter. You don't need an account. You don't need a password, nothing. Just um, type your name, any name, and you're in the chat. And you can talk with the others uh, who are there, but also with us. And um, during the session, we will keep an eye um, on the chat. And um, yeah, we will pick up any points that are raised there. And this can be any experience that you have had yourself applying post mining and audit, but can also be questions. Um, so yeah, we're we're all defining this uh, new method together. And um, yeah, so in the article, right, Jasmine and Andreas, you describe very much in detail this one concrete project so that people can really follow along. 
Um, so what we have decided, what we wanted to do here today in the cafe session is to take a little bit of a broader view and to take a step back and really talk a little bit more about the method and how, when you apply process mining in audit, what this changes, how this changes the traditional audit approach in which places it changes something and how does it change it? Does it get more work, less work in, in which way? And so to start with that, we, yeah, we wanted to look at the data driven audit approach and the whole context of the audit method. Uh, so we start with that. And so we have this one slide uh, for that, that we wanted to share. So let's bring that up and talk with that. So on the highest level, we have the whole audit process, right? So that's the regular audit process has nothing to do with auditing yet. Can you maybe talk us through these six phases that consti constitute the, yeah, the high level audit? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, first of all, I also want to thank you and for organizing um, this event because for example, all our audit um, reports and the results are public on our website, so everyone can read it. But of course, in our audit reports, we can't go into detail in the method itself. So here we are in touch with colleagues from other public auditing institutions, of course, but not um, we don't reach so many um, colleagues also from 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 yeah from other fields. So I think it's really good to also have the chance to really talk about um, what we did because maybe it helps others to see um, yeah, how you can get started and simply what you have to do in, in all the phases. But um, coming back to the overall audit um, process, um, we here of course um, follow the standardized audit process I think in every institution. Maybe the phases are named a little bit different but they will um, be familiar to each auditor. So in the first phase, um, we always do the audit planning. Um, at the City of Vienna Court of Audit, we have an annual audit cycle. So for each year, um, based on risk-based analysis, we define um, what audit projects we want to um, focus on in this audit period. And in the next phase, um, when really starting an audit, of course, we then do some preparations, um, especially regarding this specific audit topic. So here within the audit preparation, um, the audit teams are built. Um, we make sure that we have all the infrastructure we need, get in touch with the audited parties, do some research in advance to make sure um, we have a good starting point before then um, finally starting the audit itself. Here we always start um, with with yeah like the kickoff meeting with the audited party, where we also talk about um, what is the audit objective, um, what are our, our analysis question, what data do we need, and then we finally go into the phase of conducting the audit, where we really um, do the audit work itself where we collect data, where we do um, situation and duration analysis and derive our findings, our recommendations and the results for our audit report. Then in the next phase, um, we are in reporting. Um, so here we have our audit report that is also discussed with the audited party, of course. But this is also um, the product that is public. So this audit report is the thing that every citizen 
um, can really read because they are public, published on our website. And just to jump in here, so that's the nice thing also about the project that you describe in the article, also the audit report from that project, which is not about process mining, but just about the results like you describe. It's also public and it's also linked from the article so everyone can, can access that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and after the reporting phase, um, we have the submission of the final report. Um, so this is kind of Of course, the reporting phase um, is, re or reporting itself is also um, divided into several steps um, where we also um, have our discussion phase with the audited party. Um, they can also give us feedback on the audit report and so on. And then the final um, report is sent to, um, yeah, to the, um, called Stadtrechnungsverfahren. Sorry, I don't know the English word now at the moment. So that's the institution that um, discusses our audit reports and finally also has to um, accept them. So they are finally, um, yeah, the audit is closed in the end. Yeah, and then we have the announcement of measures. That's kind of the follow-up phase. So here, of course, we look um, a certain period of time after the audit was closed, we look at um, how did the audited party, um, what did you do with our recommendations? Did they already implement everything? And yeah, simply um, kind of have a follow up. Yeah, yeah, great. Thank you very much. So this is the these are the steps that might be a little bit different for maybe an internal audit at a company of course you have um in the public audit there are certain steps like you describe some public um hearings and and yeah maybe a more formalized procedure but overall like you say it's similar for for also probably internal audits in for public audit how how long would you say does the whole process typically take from beginning to the end mm. It always depends on the audit field itself, so how big the audit is. Um, in general, we work on on a so we we have um, about three months for one audit for very big ones, maybe six months, and then it always depends on um, the topic itself when it is discussed in the Stadtrechnungsausschuss, so where the when the hearing takes place. So I guess in overall, it's um, yeah, half a year up to a year until the final process is closed, okay. depending on when the audit takes place and when the next um, date is for the hearing. Yeah. yeah. So the three to six months, that's for conducting the audit only? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is also the, yeah, the phase that we are yeah, now in the next step diving a little bit more into detail, right? So this is like a zooming in to only this step, uh, conducting the audit again on a more detailed level. We can again identify five phases within the conducting the audit phase. So, yeah. So how would you briefly summarize those five steps? Well, I think the, the five steps in the conducting the audit are, first of all, the first step is the, the audit concept. I hope you can show it, the steps. Yeah, okay, now it's on. Uh, the first step is the, uh, is the audit concept. This audit concept takes uh, the main aspects of the audit itself and shows an, an overview how we do the, 
the audit itself. I think it's the first first point and first view uh, how we can use process mining in an audit and gives an an, an, an imagination. Uh, it it is it's is process mining usable for this audit or not? Uh, the second second one is then the collection of data. Collection of data means that we can uh, check all the available data, uh, get a request to the public public audit to the audited party, uh, and collect the data and get the data. Uh, the next step is the situational and deviation analysis, where we have the data to analyze the information uh, to the uh, questions we want to answer. And the audit teams, uh, like uh, they are uh, described in the audit concept. The next one is uh, so if the, the situational and deviation analysis are done, uh, there are the audit results and recommendations. So you get the the final conclusions of the audit results and and all all the results of the analysis. Uh, the next one is the audit trail and the evidence to sh to save this audit trail and, and get an, an so, uh, a solid evidence of the uh, results, the recommendations, and also from the analysis. And the last one is to save them in an audit file for a later inspection or a later uh, inspection of an evidence. So I think that's the main aspects of these five uh, detailed tasks to conduct the audit. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. And yeah, like Yasmin, like you said before, um, that's in indeed the nice thing that we can have these kind of interactions and discussions about the method, which is yeah something that f among the audit community can be um, yeah useful for people who don't know that much about process mining yet, and uh, we want to do that in this session by yeah showing them yeah also how how it relates to the practice that they know like what how does this change with process mining what exactly is different uh, and we will do that in, in detail but also um, maybe for the people who are more coming from the process mining side and are not are maybe interested but not so much experts themselves or are not auditors themselves can you give us a sense like if you would do an audit without process mining right traditionally it's done without process mining what are some other methods that would be employed in this kind of typical audit um some other analysis methods, for example. Can you can you give an example? Uh, yeah, maybe the most traditional, um, far away from every data analysis aspect is simply the document check. So, of course, um, we always look at, especially when we do compliance audits, um, if the documentation is good, maybe in paper, maybe electronically, depending on um, how the process works itself. Um, yeah, then we also um, use simply statistical methods um, like mean values, variances, um, looking at the distribution of data. So we both, um, we also have a, a focus on financial audits. So the City of Vienna Court of Audit is separate with the part of the group of um, financial audits and the group of technical audits um, the safety aspect. But of course, within the financial audits, um, we also do, for example, analysis um, like Benford analysis. And yeah, I think it's, it really, really depends on, on the audit itself. 
Mm -hmm. Bears, do you know some different examples that don't come up for you? No, I think that's the main aspects and some some uh, analysis of, of sums of, of special values in, in some cases. For example, financial financial uh, data and so on. Yeah, I think that's all, yeah. Mm -hmm. So in contrast to uh, such an, a, fa a financial audit, for example, would you be more in the category of IT audits, for example? Or in general, I would process mining. Yeah, in general, maybe. Is there a diff or let's say, put it this way, is there a differentiation between yeah, IT audits and financial audits? Sometimes I've seen that. So maybe mm, it's different. I think Nowadays, they kind of go hand in hand. Of course, it always depends on which level um, you you find yourself within the audit. But of course, most financial transactions use an IT system in the background. Mm -hmm. So of course, um, the IT part is always um, included in our audits um, up to a certain degree. We have always different focuses as well. So sometimes we look more into detail in the system itself. For example, when we look at the internal control system, how it is implemented in the system, are there technical um, controls and, and something like that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes um, we look more on how money is spent, for example. So here we are more in in the, the operational aspect. So where did the money go? Did everything um, was according to to the purpose it was supposed to be and yeah but i think um you can't really separate it audit and financial audit at all because of course it um systems are essential for doing financial transactions nowadays yeah yeah i can i can i can see that so it all it's all related right so you have to look at from a holistic look at it from a holistic perspective I think process mining is a, is a possibility to get a, a broader uh, aspect and, and utility for financial audits, like not mm -hmm. so in IT audits. IT audits give a focus to special IT problems. And, and mm -hmm. I think the financial audit uses process mining as an IT tool for spe special insight uh, analysis to, to get a better insight of, of financial data and so on. Yeah, exactly. So maybe for the for the process miners who are yeah not so familiar with auditing, so one common um, yeah question or control that uh, might be checked by an auditor is um, a rule like the four eyes principle, right? Segregation of duty rule, where you want that two different people are approving, I don't know, application, a, a, a cost reimbursement or anything to prevent fraud. So then like what Andreas, what you just said, right? If you check on the system level, then you might check whether there's a control in place that on the system level prevents that two people can do that. Yes. Um, And then that, yeah, it's not a data analysis, but you really check the system, right? Yeah. So that's, that's a different thing. You check the, the IT system. It is really uh, work uh, in, in, in order to the, to the regulations. And the process mining is, I think, the, the other side of, of data analysis with the data in the IT system. So in, in the IT systems, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so great. So that gives us, uh, I think, a good context. Like, yeah, what are the steps that are being done 
in the conducting the audit phase. And then, yeah, we have been thinking like, what are now the steps, um, how process mining fits into this this process, right? And um, yeah, together with Rudy, um, when you did this project, you, you organized them in these nine deliverables. So in a way, different steps uh, in the project. But uh, what we are doing here is that we are using them as, as phases to um, look at the process that we go through, right? So I make it made it a little bit bigger here now. Maybe I need to go back. Now, can we see it? Yes. So now uh, you should see it up a little bit bigger up on the screen. And these are the nine phases that we now want to talk through. Um, and we can see that yeah, process mining yeah, really uh, mostly, not completely maybe, but mostly affects these two steps in the conducting the audit step, which are the collection of data and situational um, and deviation analysis. And this is exactly what you describe in your article very nicely, step by step. And what we also want to do here in the session now is basically to go through these nine steps uh, from data analysis concept to data analysis results and to really think about each of those phases and to think about, okay, how, if at all, uh, does this change with process mining compared to if we would not do any any process mining in this phase. So yeah, so let's get started with this. Um, so we start with uh, with the first phase, um, the data analysis concept. Uh, would you say are there any changes at all um, with process mining, and if so, how? Well, I would say the data analysis concept, um, like we perform it, is very similar to the audit concept. So we um, make up our mind what is the main audit objective, what are the main um, analysis questions on a very aggregate level, but still what do we focus on, look at who is our audit party, what processes we want to consider, what applications we need. Um, to really, um, yeah, to really look at them and to make us regarding compliance, for example. But I think the um, main difference here is um, that when performing process mining in an audit um, within the data analysis concept, we look far more in detail on uh, what infrastructure is there available. So what infrastructure, um, what IT systems does the audited party um, use? Those are, of course, questions that are always relevant within our audits. But I would say when we don't have this process mining focus, um, we deal with this topic in a later phase. But here, of course, right at the beginning, we need to identify if the processes are really formed in IT systems um, which systems are used and is there any chance to get the data out of the system? And of mm -hmm. course, that is the system recorded in a way that it is usable for process mining. Because of course, for process mining, we need data in a very specific format because otherwise we cannot process it. Whilst when we um, are open in our audit and we maybe have not decided on the method that we want to use in this phase, then we take um, the data the way we get it and decide what method we use later on. So I would say here the main difference is really that the focus must be uh, 
on the IT infrastructure and on the IT systems that are used for process mining um, can be applied in that's very very interesting so it's like you would look at systems but you're really like you say you do it earlier you do it in this phase already and otherwise you would do it later so it's more important does it also take longer is it um, by taking a more detailed look it requires more preparation or you would spend the same amount of work on looking at the systems in a later phase I think it's it's the same amount to to identify the IT systems like in the, in the normal audit. Uh, I think it's it's the the first and and uh, the main part to decide if if process mining would work for the, this audit team or would not work. So if you don't check the the necessary IT systems and check the the data they are recorded and it's not available. So it's I, I think it's a a turning point to use process mining in, in this audit or not to use. So you can check there is an IT system, but if there is not an available date and will not record it, so you must, you can't use process mining in, in this step. So I think it's a decision point. Uh, can you use process mining or can you not use process mining? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very, very clear. Okay, so then, um, yeah, we get to the second phase. Um, analysis questions, defining the analysis questions. And I think what you show in the article very nicely, for example, is that you, first of all, you define which questions you want to answer, but also for each of the questions, you already try to define it in quite some detail to really think about how, how you want to measure and answer this question. Is So I'm curious, is that part of the regular um, method as well? Would you always define it this detailed or yeah, do you see any differences? compared to the traditional way of working, um, if you compare the two? So the first part you mentioned, um, defining the analysis question, I think this is, um, is the same also with other audit methods. So at the beginning, of course, we define what analysis questions should be in focus because um, depending on the analysis questions, all our later actions and the documents and information we need, they are all related to the analysis questions. But the second part you mentioned, um, this part of really going into detail and make the analysis questions as measurable as possible. This for us is something um, we usually don't do in this um, level of detail. So, of course, we make up our minds on what do we need to answer these analysis questions. But when using process mining, it helped us a lot to really define the metric, for example. So, how can we measure it? And um, also look at the process and the process step that is needed in order to answer this analysis question. So, I think here we are... Um, um, we are far more focused and specific on making it measurable compared to our traditional methods where the audit um, question often is, yeah, is there, but not um, in this detail defined um, how we can measure it at this point of time. So here, of course, also, I think also with process mining, it's always an iterative approach. So within your audit, you learn something more. So for example, here, we always rework our audit questions a bit um, because 
when having more experience in the sorted fields. Um, we, for example, identify aspects we did not consider at the beginning, so we slightly rework them. That's something that also happens in our normal audit work. But also, I would say, in a bit later phase, because here within our audit projects, we did not see any data at all um, at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so you, you do it based on the understanding of the process, for example, that you define for these and two, these, maybe sticking with the segregation of duty example for these and these two steps, there should be a segregation of duty rule. Um, and that's defining specifically like the question, right? On, before you have seen any data and know about the data fields and things like that. I, th I think in this step you get only an, an, an imagination or an idea which data is required and which uh, data fields you you want to use. Yeah, so get only an imagination on it to without to see the real data. So it's only an idea, and, and this idea can, comes true or comes not true to the real data. Yeah. And if you say that um, normally you would also have these iterations and uh, the further refinement and uh, more detailed over time definition of the question, but it would be later, um, is then the main reason that you do it early here in the second step um, um, for to be able to check for data availability uh, or for, for other reasons also? I think the main part is data availability because um, when we define it in a very early phase, um, we then first of all can check if all the data is available or if there are analysis questions we simply cannot answer with process mining. And if that's the case, we then can, for example, um, yeah, make a plan B and answer this analysis question in the audit, but for example, with another method. So here we have this flexibility that we um, um, have then, of course, more time and resources to react if data is not available in certain fields. And also for us, so for me especially, I think it's like kind of a checklist what data do I really need. So when you go then in the later phase really and looking at the data, make your data model, can be overwhelming because IT systems log so many data mm -hmm. and this definition of the analysis question and the metric for each analysis question, this can help to um, stay focused on the main, the main tasks, the main events um, and activities that you need um, for your process mining project, for example. Yeah, yeah great. That's a good point. Yeah, I can, can imagine. Okay, so this brings us then to the third step. And in the third step, you are starting to look at data then, right? The process and uh, data model, or not yet? No, you get, in, the, in this step, you get an, an inside view of the, uh, the process management and their defined processes they, in the institution and get, get the documents and get uh, all the information how uh, the shoot processes are, uh, should be. And also a first, a first insight about the, the data which is in the processes are used or generated, I think, yeah. Yeah. So for, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, excuse me, sorry. 
Um, yeah, so this is really the phase where we get the first information um, regarding the process, how it really um, should work. So what is the should presence of the organization? Uh, we get our process descriptions, for example, do a process walkthrough to um, make sure every relevant step is also documented in the should process or if the, there are, for example, any deviations, our additional steps and something like that. I guess that is also a point um, we do in a lot of audits. So this is really common, looking at process descriptions and also this um, process workflow. It's a very common method. Um, but here I think we have, again, a more data-specific focus. So what we do is that um, when looking at the process, we also um, think about things like, okay, is this process step done within an IT system or manually? And mm -hmm. so we can um, split up the process description, for example, and define those activities that we can use for process mining and those who are not, um, where no data is available because, for example, they are performed manually. And then in the next step, also um, find the, the connection to the IT system and also think about um, things like where is this data stored? How do we get it out on, on a very, um, yeah, like really meaning all the data? Because traditionally, when we do our audits, we often take samples. So for example, we look at 100, 200, depending of course, how big the, um, the, the data is, so how many cases are available. And then um, for these, for example, 100 samples, we look in more detail and look at the documentation and direct into the IT system um, on the user interface and see if everything is there. For example, segregation of duties, if we see the checks from two different people. But with process mining, um, we need to extract the raw data of all the of all the, the cases that have been performed. So here, of course, it's also a question, where is the, sta the data stored and how do we get it out? I think this is um, could be a difference to I would, traditional audits in this way, where you do your um, your audit on on the document level and not on the data level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I can. I, I see what you mean. So. So yeah, in the in the article you describe, you show the yeah the documented model, right? So in this case, you you had a yeah there was a model available that described the idea or the expected process, and like you just said, if that's not possible, then you do a data walkthrough, or you uh, maybe as a clarification, do you do the walkthrough also to understand the model if it's there or to validate it? Do you always do that? Or if you have a model, you just use the model and don't do another walkthrough with the auditor no, party? No, it's, it's very common to um, do this walkthrough on top. For example, mm -hmm. it's um, our first choice when there is no documentation of all. But um, it's also very common to do it as, as an, um, in addition to the documented model also um, kind of to understand then a bit how the real process works because often the documented um, process does not represent um, 
the real process, how it is performed. And so with the process um, workflow, you also get a good insight if there are some tasks different or in addition, because of course, it's also always the process description is always an aggregation of reality. So you won't do any single step in your process description because then no one will read it if it's 50 pages and yeah, every single step is included. And when doing the process workflow, you also get an insight of what happens in between. So I think this is a good way to get a better understanding of the process. Hmm. That's that's interesting because that was one of, was one of the things I was curious about also because because you have this model and then you, you based on this model you look for the data and what you're describing is that the 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 process model side of things uh, trying to understand the expected process based on a model based on a walkthrough so that's basically that does not really change uh, compared to how you would traditionally do. Even if you would not do process mining, you would probably would do that part also. It's more how you then relate this expected process to the data that you look for. So to prepare the data extraction of, like you say, all the data. Uh, so there you're looking for the different tables, like which activities can be found in which systems and which tables. So that's the step that's basically different compared to a regular audit is did I understand this correctly? Yes, I think so. I think the, the, the process walkthrough or process uh, documentation is the first step to get an imagination and get the information how does the process perform in the different activities. And the different activities gives a easy readable information how these activities performed. And I think that's the, the uh, difference to a normal uh, Audit is that's the part to get this information in the readable raw data in the IT systems. That's the additional part, special part and intense part to get the right data and, and to search the right data in the raw data in which data field and which table and so on in the IT system uh, performs and, and shows us the, the, info, uh, the data itself. Yeah. Yeah, and that brings us to the directly to the next step, right? So in the fourth step or the fourth phase, <laughs> you are turning it around. So basically based from, like you just said, from those tables that you have identified, now you're looking for the process mining information. And um, so, so how can we imagine that? Do you really take, let's say you have identified table one, table two, table three in this ERP system. Do you then look at the complete table and look at all the fields and try to understand what they are and say, okay, this is, we can use that for process mining in this way or this we don't need. How do you make the distinctions like which of the fields you are using? I think first of all, it's it's necessary to get an uh, to get a view about all the data to get uh, an a good and very good overview how the IT system performs and and uh, records the data. Uh, I think when you get only a specific uh, view of of an of special tables, you can't uh, get the the an overview about how the tables work uh, work together and connected together. So I think it's necessary to get an overview about all the data, but it's also necessary if you have the overview to specify and reduce uh, uh, the information what you need because it's then the, the amount of data is then too much to, to process in a further way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so then we come back come back to that a little bit later, right? The, 
and the, the complexity that you're then faced with. Um, yeah, so in this phase, so one of the things um, that's maybe a note towards the, yeah, the process miners in general who are sometimes wondering, like, how do you actually get process mining information or an event log out of a system that does not have like a history, right? There are some systems like IT service management systems, CRM systems, workflow systems, they have kind of a history or an audit trail or something like that where you can export the data and sometimes you have it immediately in the right format and you don't need to specify what the steps in the process are, but you automatically get, for example, all the status changes that have been used in the working of the of the incidents or changes in the IT service management system. Now, if you are working with an ERP system, like you often do in audits, and you have also shown in your example, you have to look for, essentially you look for timestamps um, that are related to activities that are relevant in the process, right? So then, yeah, you're, you're looking in these different tables, you might find different times timestamps there also so is how was that is that clear which activity is reflected by that or which ones you should include as an activity for your event log um, I think this can be very tricky so often um, especially when you don't know the ERP system in detail and um, also the specifications the organization that uses this system um, has made, then it can be really hard to interpret the data without um, really having the process knowledge. So here we are always in really, really, um, um, yeah, really, really deeply in contact with our audited party and with the process experts um, from the audited party so they can explain us um, what the timestamps um, represent. Because often um, there are some slides, um, different changes, some customizing, for example, in the ERP system. And then the data you need um, can be in a different field, like, for example, the organization you audited before. So here yeah. I think it's really important also to always be um, be in contact and to to yeah share your expectations and your interpretation with the audited party to make sure that you get the real the the, the right um, timestamps because of course if you take the, the wrong timestamps here all your analysis um, results will be wrong regarding the specific the specific question. But um, especially for me, I don't had that much experience with it before. Um, it's good that you mentioned the IT service management processes. We started our process mining journey with IT service management processes. Here it was really, really easy because um, the status changes are mostly um, also named with clear names. So you um, just looking at them, you know what happened in the system at this state in time. But within the ERP system, um, we used so far, or we audited so far, it is, it, 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 sorry, it is really hard to, yeah, to find out the meaning without help from the process expert. Yeah, yeah you really need them to, to help you. Yeah, I can imagine. 
I think yeah. I, I also agreed with with Jasmine. Uh, I think it's it's absolutely necessary to get an, an audited party with the knowledge of the of the processes and the IT system which records the information. And uh, uh, like Jasmine mentioned, it is necessary because there are some modifications or customizations, and the audited party has this knowledge about the customization and and uh, all the parts they are changed and and uh, specially adapted. So I think it's very useful and I think it's necessary to get the, the audited party involved in this step and, and get their knowledge about this, uh, the specifications information here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so um, so I was also wondering in, in the article you describe in a later phase how you actually ended up with many more activities than were initially kind of maybe sketched in this high-level process, which is logical, right? Because the high-level, the documented process is often more high-level and just shows the most important steps. But was that because in the data you found many more timestamps, like for detailed, more detailed steps? Is, is that where these additional activities came from, because you found additional timestamps, or did they come from a different place? Yeah, on the one hand, we found additional timestamps and additional activities um, that we then thought um, would add value to the analysis, so we included them. And on the other hand, um, for example, in this specific project, there were far more levels of um, releasing an order or an invoice, for example, like we expected at the beginning. We mm -hmm. found there may be one or two um, release steps but they had um, far more release steps and also kind of pre-release and yeah, then also for I principle. So here this kind of, um, yeah, this kind of exploded a bit. So we then um, had again a very high complexity because we included all the, the additional timestamps um, we identified within the, the data model and then the, the raw data extraction. Yeah. And did that take more time than you would normally spend in this phase um, for a regular traditional audit, let's say? I would definitely say so. Um, um, yeah, especially defining the raw data, validating the data, and then also the next phase of data transformation. Um, Within our experience, those steps were far more time consuming compared to traditional audits. Yeah. yeah. And so if you like um, in the beginning, you mentioned like um, if like um, one just takes ta samples, right? For example, you take 100, a sample of 100 items, would that then be of a certain document type? So for example, 100 invoices or 100 orders. But um, yeah, but you don't need to connect them, or why is it more? Why does it take more time? Yeah, I think simplified spoken, when we stick with the very simple um, example of orders or invoices, um, here when we look at the, the document itself, so the real invoice. Um, there is the raw data is clear. We have, for example, 10,000 invoices. That's it. They are there. And then we take our samples out of them. So mm -hmm. of course we have, our, we have our, um, 
sample techniques in the background, um, but maybe it's also because here we have far more experience, so it's easier to, to take a sample because we did it for years now and all our colleagues do it for years, so here simply there is the knowledge and it makes it really easy and also the methods are standardized already within our organization. And here with process mining, it was something completely new. And also, I think the complexity is, is even higher. Because of course, here we also could have said, okay, we don't only look at the, um, at the invoice releases, for example, and only the steps, and then count, okay, there were 10,000 invoices, do we have 10,000 releases, would be very easy. But of course, we want to um, look at the process as a holistic system, so at the whole process, and therefore we have to connect the data. Yeah, I guess exactly. traditional audit um, audits or with other methods are sometimes more easy to to separate the the audit questions and also to, for example, share it within your audit. Um, team, for example, you look at the invoices, I look at the orders. Here, um, yeah, it's, it's far too connected and you don't can split it up that easily. Mm -hmm. I would say. I think it's, it's a it's a very uh, high level, not not high level, um, difficult. Uh, learning and, and working because in the traditional way you cut to one object like invoices, like orders. And in, in the use of process mining, you must imagine and realize the connections and the network of all this information was is, is stored in the in the whole IT systems to, to use them and to use it for process mining. If there is not an, an, uh, an overview about the connections and the the connected objects, you can't use process mining. It's not possible. In the traditional way, you get 100 uh, orders, check them uh, with the traditional methods, analysis methods, uh, and get get results. In process mining, it's it's not possible without the connections and the, and the connected uh, objects. And I guess also for the audited party, it's um, more difficult to provide us with the data because because everyone knows how to download their invoices from an ERP system. But um, you kind of have to be an expert to know how you get the raw data out of the system. So often they are also, um, there's also the need to, um, yeah, we need support from the IT provider, for example, because the process expert um, it's himself or herself does not have the um, the knowledge how you technically can get out the information from the system. So this, of course, also takes more time. Yeah. yeah. So that's something that one can maybe expect or keep in mind that that could happen, that that's extra time one needs to plan for. Hmm. And so... So, yeah, so maybe the, you mentioned already the audited party and for them getting the raw data out, but also then in the next step, right, the, um, if the data is not available as an audit file um, or, yeah, like as a history, like we mentioned before with other systems, that's sometimes or 
often the case, uh, IT service management, workflow systems, and so on. Here it's not, but you had to put it together to exactly make those connections that you mentioned. So that's what is then happening in the data transformation step. Uh, you did that uh, with an ETL tool, but you also described that you made, yeah, it was not one step, but you actually had to work iteratively and make multiple versions of this transformation to put the data together. And then you always did the cross-checking with the audited party. So I was curious, how exactly did you do the, the cross-checking and how did that work differently maybe compared to the traditional way of working? Ah, uh, yeah. So um, here it is important to know that we in general don't have access to the productive system from the audited party. So here we did not have any um, chance to look at this ERP system ourselves. So we were always dependent on our audited party. And cross-checking, um, yeah, it was simply we made our um, data connection transformation and then got our um, cases, so to say, um, with information, okay, the order was put on this day and released on that day and so on. And then we um, sent some samples to the audited party to, um, uh, yeah, with, um, with, um, yeah, kind of the task to to verify it. So they um, then looked at the productive system for this specific order number, for example, and then looked at the productive system. How is it documented there? When did what step happen? And gave us the feedback if um, we did the, the, the data transformation. And at the beginning, for example, we often had the problem that um, there were some steps missing, like for example, invoice releases and so on, because um, we had one-to-end and end-to-one relationships. We did not um, um, consider enough at the beginning. Um, so yeah, this was something that was quite tricky for us. So here we had to do um, certain specifications again and again until our data validation um, kind of was positive. And we got the feedback from the audited party that all um, the cases were, were, yeah, all the data was linked um, correctly and represents the real the real cases. Yeah. And this, this com yeah, the whole step the data transformation, putting the data together in the cross-checking, would you say that would normally not be necessary at all because you get the samples for the different document types and you can check them separately? So is this an additional step that you have to do for for process mining in this case? I think it's a more, it's, it's, it's a more intensive step in, in, in process mining and in this new way of auditing. Because in the normal traditional way, it's not so uh, intense uh, because the, you, you get the information from the audited party and he he samples this information and, and transmitted the information. But in the step of the use of process mining, it's 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 necessary to get this uh, these rechecks uh, to verify if your data transformation works in, in any really um, useful and uh, compliance way to to the system uh, like the the real system in in from the audited party so we must recheck and recheck in, in every time 
that we are uh, safe in, in, in our data transformation and also the audited party agrees with this transformation. So I think it's a most, uh, most intense part and, and really necessary part. Yeah. And is that possible to, I mean, it's so hard to say always people want to know how much time does it take to do process mining and it really, like we have already discussed it, you can't read, you can't say that because it really depends. Sometimes the data is already there. You don't have to do any transformations. You can directly import it into the process mining tool and analyze it. And sometimes um, it can take really long. For example, Mika Jans, who also joined you on a, on a past process mining cafe, right? We talked about Uh, process mining research um, activities and things like that. Uh, I think 2020 uh, process mining camp. Uh, she once um, yeah, had her first project on process mining when she started to work at Deloitte and it took her nine months to put all the data together for one, um, yeah, I think, procure to pay or one SAP process. So, um, yeah, we, we can't really say that, but um, maybe for from your experience for, for this one particular project. So this additional step um, with the cross-checking and, yeah, of course, the added difficulty that you couldn't go there yourself because there were the restrictions during the pandemic um, and you always had to do these validations. Was that something that you had planned for in the project or did, did that maybe create some... Um, delays or some some kind of pressure uh, to stay on time how how did that go time wise this additional step yeah fortunately it did not take us nine months but i think um yeah we also spent some weeks on this step but we uh, were prepared for it that it would take long in this case because we knew first of all um this case would be more complex compared to our um, other projects we did before with process mining. So at the beginning, for example, we had this um, IT service management process. I think, yeah, data transformation was two hours or so, just doing some Excel, um, yeah, just renaming some columns and loading the data in. So this was really quick. And here we were prepared that it would take some time. So we planned, um, We planned a time, uh, um, yeah, we planned some more time here. But on the other hand, I think that would come later. We here saved then time doing the data analysis, so there we were quicker. Um, but yeah, here we took, it took us, simply took us more time. But I also think when we would do um, a project with, this, with the same ERP system in future, Then, of course, with the experience we have now and also with the um, higher knowledge we have in the ETL um, tool we use, then we here would also be, be faster again, okay. depending on your experience and the complexity of the, the process. Yeah, so it's a learning experience and also an investment in building up yeah, skills on the ETL tool, but also then being able to, you can really reuse, maybe some different customizing, but uh, you could do it faster for the next project. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yes, so, um, so 
if we think about the different steps, so this is the data transformation. You have done the cross-checking with the audited party. Um, so the next step is, or the, yeah, the next Outcome, the outcome of that are the data sets. And in your case, um, yeah, you describe also that because of these many-to-many -many relationships, right, some of the process miners will know about this problem. Um, you need to, you need to not, yeah, you need to create actually different data sets to be able to take uh, different views on the process. So, for example, in your case, you created uh, a data set from the invoice perspective and one from the order perspective because different questions required a different perspective to answer them. So, here, yeah, you created then as a result of these this data transformation, there were two data sets that you used for your post mining analysis. And I'm I'm curious. So, yeah, is how that is in the, in the traditional way. For example, I remember um, many years ago at one of the early prosmining camps, we had a presentation uh, from Yogi Sons, who uh, was an auditor at the um, yeah, Ministry of Finance in the Netherlands. So they were auditing the different ministries in the country. And uh, so I think the process that um, he described was from a subsidy uh, subsidy. Um, application process where companies could apply for um, yeah, government subsidies and um, so they were checking this application process and it was about a lot of money right and so it's about also for ICE principles but also how much time and how well were these applications checked but what he mentioned um, back then was that actually process mining made things easier because they had one data set so in this case the um, Yeah, the, the workflow system had like one data set that they could then use to answer all their questions. And normally they would get like samples of different mm, systems or different aspects and would have many different files. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about this. Yeah, in this phase, like, is it normal to have one data set or like you had two for these different views or, or in the traditional way, do you have many different files with samples how how does this normally look like just to get more of an of an impression i think in a traditional way we have uh, some separate files in in different uh different ways and uh, answers the questions and in this case uh, there is a data set and gives uh, much more possibilities in uh, the analysis and answer the questions we we mentioned in the in the uh, in the analysis questions um, there are more possibilities in the data sets to to answer the questions because like the process mining tool is an easier way to uh, to to differ the 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 attributes in, in, in the in the software and give an answer only uh, if there is an an, uh, an answer is the data not available you must enrich the data in these in the steps before to get the right data set it, i think this step is a little bit easier to get an answer because the possibilities in the software is easier like in a the traditional way you have a one file this file answers these questions like better or not better and mm -hmm. if you want to another answer you must uh, use another file or information to to get this and think in the, in the software it's easier to enrich the data in the step before and get a new data set yeah, yeah i would agree on this so maybe the data transformation or yeah linking the data we 
that um, costs us a lot of time within the process mining projects. Um, this leads us then to one data set with all the information included. And thinking um, at this point at the moment, um, when I think of other audit projects, then often um, the evidences and the sources for one finding are separate over a lot of different files. So then for your finding, you again have to do this linkage between the files and document it then in your audit trail and evidence. Um, so it's, yeah, just, I would agree on this, that, that with process mining, you often only have one or two data sources, then at the end, so one or two data sets. And with other methods, often the information are separated over, over certain files that yeah. tend to be linked together as well. Okay, interesting. So that relates a little bit already then also to the next two steps, right? The discovered model and answering the questions. So based on yeah, the model that you discover based on the data with frost mining tool, first of all, and you described this nicely in the article, you have to find the right level. So that takes some time, right? Maybe to simplify further or break things down and really understand. But also that's a little bit what I heard just now. Also, it gives you the flexibility to, yes, to answer the questions from the beginning, but also, yeah, to really look even further. Maybe, um, yeah, if the question is, is, is a little bit different or a little bit, maybe an additional question is something that you can actually answer because you have, yeah, this um, full representation of reality, right, that you can use to check. <laughs> you don't uh, know what, uh, no, I, what I, I mean. Huh? No, yeah, so. I, I, um, I think the, the step of the data sets is one, also one decision point in, in the whole of the nine step because I think it's the decision point. Uh, if you see, you have the right data sets and get uh, an answer of the analysis questions. And you see, is are the next steps like the discovered model, the analysis answers and the data analysis results, I think are the easy followed steps if you have the right data set. So I think it's the decision point in this step uh, if I had the right data set and then now the steps are easy to perform, I think. Yeah. If there if you don't have the right data sets, there is a decision point. Can you follow the next steps or not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And and so in the traditional way, if you, for example, let's say you have a segregation of duty rule, I mean, you don't need process mining, right, to check segregation of duties. You could do it directly on the data with a query tool or an audit tool. Would you then skip like this discovered model step, for example, go right from the data set to the analysis result? So is that discovered model step that seems a little bit special and related to process mining specifically, or do you have some something similar with other audit methods as well? I think with other, other audit methods, you often don't get this whole view of the whole process. Mm -hmm. So it's thinking of um, this example with se segregation of duty. Um, when you do the analysis, you get the answer for a specific this part of the process. But uh, with process mining, of course, within the phase of discovered model, you get the whole um, experience. So from the first step to the last step, and also a good insight on the, on the complexity of the process and how many steps there are. Because in traditional um, methods, 
you often specifically focus on your analysis question already. Mm -hmm. Here comes a bit a bit later because of course when doing the analysis answers you then also focus on the specific analysis questions. But here I think process mining adds the big value that you get the big picture of the process. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, so the one thing that, yeah, one thing that I noted, um, noticed in, in your article when you describe, for example, how you analyze, um, the one question that you pick as an example there, then you actually end up refining this question, um, a little bit or also defining it a little bit differently because, um, yeah, because of the availability or the, of the data or how the data was structured, right? So to answer the data, actually you had to, um, change the question a little bit. Still, it was still answering the same, um, yeah, intent. Let's say that you had, but it was a little bit different. So, basically, you, yeah, you have this flexibility because of the full data to, to make this change and to refine the question. So I'm, yeah, I'm wondering whether this is the same or different. Yes, yeah, also looking at the whole uh, the process. Um, as itself, so the whole process. Um, sometimes also other analysis questions pop up. So you look at the process, you just look at strange process paths, maybe some you thought that could not happen, so you did not have them in mind, or you simply did not have the creativity as an auditor to, to make up your mind that something like that can happen. So here I think um, we made the experience, experience that sometimes looking at the discovered model, we also find additional analysis questions simply, I would say, maybe simplified spoken per accident. So something strange pops up. Of course, this is something that happens always when you're doing an audit. Something strange happens and you put your focus on, th on that. But yeah, here you have this, I would say, in this phase with the discovered model. When you really also see the different variants of a process. That's a good point. Eh? It's not just the, um, if I understand you correctly, the uh, the questions that you have defined in the beginning, but maybe questions you would not have thought about asking just by seeing something that maybe looks a little bit odd. You get the opportunity to investigate and maybe discover things that are not okay, that you didn't think about asking for. Yeah, for example, or just slides. Um, Sometimes they are also just um, very slight variations that then lead, of course, to the question, how can this even happen in a process when you use an IT system and it's workflow-based and it should be standardized? Yeah. Where are the backdoors? How can things like this happen in reality? So I think this is a very good, good benefit process mining gives you. Okay, so that these kind of things that you that you can then investigate and clarify and really follow, let's say the trace and and through this visibility to really see yeah. what the reason behind it is, let's say. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So here with process mining, um, our sampling starts at this point already, where we mm -hmm. have certain clues, certain um, yeah, certain conspicuousness that we've think um, are worth looking at in more detail. Yeah. Of course, it can also be that there are 200 cases following this path. 
And when we look at five and see if they have something in common, and if, yeah. Oh. Okay, great. And then, yeah, if we come to the to the last phase, the last step, the results, presenting the results, summarizing the results, do you see any differences there compared to the traditional approach? Not, not really. No, I think from the, the um, like, how do I say, the results itself, they are there with a traditional method about process mining. I think what is nice um, is how you can present them, because, of course, with this visualization of the process, um, you can also show very easily the, the audit, to the audited party how you identified, for example, this specific variance that deviates from all the others. And the evidence is really clear. And also for them to, um, yeah, to, to look at them, their systems and to, to really investigate on their selves, it's process mining sometimes. Of course, it's, it's also has process mining experience and But you made um, quite good, in general, quite good experience just with reality. Like, oh no, this, this cannot happen. You um, yes. audit wrong. And then you can, yeah, just open your process mining tool and kick around. You know, here's the case, please explain. And yeah, this yes. is. Um, Yeah, this underlines your finding a bit more, more, more visual, uh, yeah, more, yeah, more see, yeah, you can see it more easy. Yeah. So it, okay. it, I think it's it's uh, easily explained in the in the evidence and and sometimes in the reports for for diagrams or so on. Yeah. So the communication aspect, but also, yeah, that they may be can see some things themselves, like as an added value, right, beyond the actual audit. <coughs> yeah. yeah, so that's, um, yeah, it has been very helpful. So thank you very much for taking the time to walk us through those uh, steps. Um, maybe if we summarize it a little bit, or what would you say, uh, maybe as a tip for other auditors who are Uh, also interested in process mining, is there anything specifically that you want, would want to give on their way? Uh, I, I'll give one tip and I think it's the most useful tip. Uh, have a strong commitment of the head of your unit or your department to, to use process mining. And my experience is it is a useful and a very good way to get a better insight in, in audit themes and, and data of, of audit themes. Uh, and I think it's a very good good method and analysis uh, for for data in 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 an audit audit team. Yeah, so getting commitment so that people have realistic expectations, right? We have heard already some things might take more time to plan for it realistically, but also, well, to learn about it, right? I mean, both of you, you have, um, yeah, it's an investment also personally, right? To develop yourself professionally, uh, building up skills in a certain area. So. Yeah, you have been active with process mining already for a few years now. What's what's your personal take on on this journey? 
Well, for me, um, I think one good advice is that you should start really, really small. So, of course, we also wanted to do really big projects at the beginning, but they get very complex easily. And I think this often demotivates you then on the way when it takes you very, very long and maybe you don't get the results right. Um, so I would recommend to start with a very small, easy process and um, simply start working on your tool experience and that you get to know the method, that you um, get to know how to handle complexity and then increase step by step. And I think this also helps to build the commitment of your organization, for example, because if you can show um, kind of quick bits in the beginning, you have your, um, your evidence that process mining can work and that it can give you good results, and then you can get complex um, the experience. Because there are always, um, again, challenges on the way. Because you have to invest time, um, build up knowledge, and yeah. But was really um, also very interesting experience also to get a bit of a change of perspective. Because process planning, I think you also have to from another angle, like Perfect. Okay, I think that's the perfect uh, closing words uh, for this session. So uh, take that on your way. Thank you very much again, Yasmin and Andreas, for first of all contributing, your, sharing your experiences, contributing the article, but also joining us here today to work through um, yeah, the audit process and how it changes if you use process mining. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks uh, to all of you for watching. Uh, Uh, and being here with us um, yeah, we uh, will see you again for the next Process Mining Cafe which will be in about a month and it will be about game analytics okay, see you then bye bye everyone bye